Next up on an all-new Rick and Rick. Spider-Man gets tossed out of the MCU. Are you a cyber stalker? Of course you are. <laughs> Why YouTube says robots deserve animal rights. Wow. Plus, loaded questions, the summer box office edition, and a whole lot more. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show where everybody knows a Rick or two. And everybody rules the world. Welcome to Rick and Rick Rule the World. I'm Rick Matheson. And joining me as always is Watashi no Yujin, Rick Wooten. It's a little Japanese there for you, Rick. It either means my friend or washing away your onions. I'm not totally sure there. But, uh, how, how you doing? Oh, good, man. Good. I'm good. You know, we're, we're getting towards the end of the summer. The days are starting to cool off a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying that. I got to tell you, my daughter is a cheerleader, and they had their first football game Friday night. And uh, I swear, I had not been to a high school football game since I was in high school, what, like 10 whole years ago. And <laughs> as you know, where we live, there's lots of microclimate. So folks, listeners may not understand but where we live. You know, it could be, you know, 100 degrees in one area and 60 degrees, you know, 15 minutes away. And uh, this first game was in this town that was maybe 30 minutes away. And it was freezing, blasting wind. Had to, It felt like it was about 57 degrees, which of course means I was wearing a short sleeve polo shirt, shorts and sandals. <laughs> well, how that happens. You know, so, so my yesterday was spent, uh, what is that movie? You know, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Uh, I missed the, the train, uh, but I, I spent the day in a car and a plane. Uh, I drove from Northern California all the way down to San Diego, take my son to college, uh, got him all set up. And by the end of the day, I was back on a plane flying back to Northern California. So uh, I got to experience the, you know, it was actually fairly cool when I left Northern California. I think it was in the, the you know, low to mid 60s. Uh, by the time I got through Central Valley and down through L.A., you know, L.A. was like 100 degrees. Yeah. Uh, got down to San Diego and it was a beautiful 77, but nice. also, you know, 70 or 80 percent humidity. <clears throat> and then flew back up uh, just in time to catch the cool weather again in the evening. So, yeah, so we're, we're, it was like 12. a 13, 14 hour day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, we have an awesome show here for you folks. So thank you for tuning in and, and let's get cranking here. So first up, you sent over this thing, Spider-Man's future in the Marvel Cinematic Universe appears to be in doubt. What's that all about? Yeah. You know, we, we've talked about this kind of stuff before where, you know, uh, in the past, Marvel wasn't doing great. So they licensed out some of their their properties, some of their characters. You know, we uh, saw that with the Fantastic Four. We saw that with Spider-Man, you know, several others. And so Spider-Man's kind of the big holdout. I mean, that's the one that, you know, everybody would like to see it back in the MCU. We've seen a couple of crossovers, seen, seen him appear in the last two uh, uh, Avengers movies, uh, but he's still really owned by Sony. And yeah. so Disney and Sony have been at the table trying to figure out how they could, you know, keep uh, Spider-Man in the MCU particularly in this this next phase uh but apparently they're not coming to a deal and and so speculation is right now that spider-man will not be a material part at all of the the go forward mcu plan because they can't reach a deal which you know has has some pretty big implications yeah that is such a bummer i hope they can work out do you think this is really just posturing in their negotiations or do you think you know 
Spidey. Our favorite web slinger just got kicked in back to the Spideyverse. You know, normally I would probably assume it was posturing, but uh, if you think back, I mean, this is not a new thing. And in fact, Spider-Man has been absent for most of the, the MCU. And true. so I, I do believe that this could be a legit thing. I mean, they could be back to the, the same place they were a couple years ago where he's not going to be included in anything. That's Please, Disney, Sony, get your act together. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, having a, a DCU, but then you remove somebody like the Flash, right? Yeah, you just, yeah. you pull them out and, you know, yeah, you can still kind of make it work and that, all that. But, you know, it's still one of the beloved characters. It's one that everybody wants to see in there. So, you know, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm personally hoping that they work something out. Um, but, you know, it, it from everything that I've read, it comes down to, no surprise, money, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're talking about the financing versus who gets paid what. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we texted back and forth this past week was the news that uh, that Spider-Man Far From Home was Sony's biggest moneymaker of the year. So, you know, they're going to keep cranking those out. I, my understanding is they have to make a Spider-Man movie within X number of years or it reverts back to Marvel. So they're going to be cranking right. them out whether they're part of the MCU or not. So, but you know, it's what's especially a bummer is because we've moved out of this first year, whatever, whatever phase we're in, phase four, a lot of the familiar faces are going away and we We've had Peter Parker slash Spider-Man in the MCU the last, whatever, three or four movies. And so he provided a little bit of that continuity moving forward. And uh, now, now that's in question. Yeah. You know, and and the, the trippy thing about all this is the internet has absolutely blown up over this. Have you noticed this? Yeah. There's there's just dozens and dozens of memes that, that are running around. Um, you know, I forget what the, what's that uh, YouTube series, something like pitch videos or something like that. Mm. They, they, <laughs> they did a cover of this, you know, anyways, it's, it's just been uh, one thing after another. And, and in fact, uh, you know, we've talked about our listeners or Eric. Uh, Eric's been sending these to me every couple of days. I mean, just a constant flow of, you know, uh, you know, people making fun of the, you know, the sunny Disney situation with Spider-Man. <clears throat> Wow. Well, hopefully it gets resolved. Next up, you sent this thing over about cyber stalkers. And in this article, I think it was PC Magazine, was saying that we all kind of go check out folks before we go out you know, on a date with them. We go online and find out who they are, which I guess probably makes a lot of sense. Then the, sto the stalking dives off as the relationship is going until they break up. Then what happens? Yeah. yeah. You know, this, this was kind of this is kind of funny because um, the 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 real genesis of this article was was about the fact that what we're doing <laughs> is really stalking but it's become so normalized that nobody really perceives it that way right. and you know the article was saying that um you know, basically, uh, how far the respondents look back in months, you know, whatever, da, da, da. So basically, they've got this uh, this chart, and they talk about the fact that 31% of, of men and 41% of women uh, admit that they are a cyber stalker. So it's, it's not just that, you know, uh, you know, a large percentage of us aren't really seeing it, you know, a large percentage of us are seeing it, but even more than that are actually doing that. Yeah. And to your point, you know, it's, it's particularly true, you know, before you go out with somebody or if, like, even, even if you can do it, go to a job interview, right? You, yeah. you stock them, you look them up on LinkedIn, Facebook, if you can find them, Twitter. I mean, it, almost every time when somebody comes in and interviews, it's like, Hey, you know, I, I saw that you posted this or posted that and, you know, and they try and work it into the conversation. And so basically the article is, is, is suggesting that stalking has actually become normalized and a part of what's acceptable now, as opposed to something that 
that wasn't years ago. Crazy. What else is crazy is videos on YouTube can spread hate speech and foster political extremism, but they'd better not show two robots fighting. Is this for real? That's right. You know, I, from everything I could tell, it is. I mean, this was an article from about four days ago, and uh, you know, somebody had posted all these videos of robots fighting. Right? They, you see these at Mike Your Fairs. You see these at you know different types of events. I mean, there's even a TV series around this, right? You know, with the robots fighting. Uh, but apparently, uh, this person had a bunch of their videos taken down, and the uh, answer that they got back from YouTube was animal cruelty was the reason, the rationale behind removing it. And you know, they show a video in this article. I mean, which are just very, very clearly robots with like you know uh, treaded uh, you know mobility and stuff like that, uh, almost like little tanks. But yet, that was removed for animal cruelty. And I, I just think I, I just thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I'm sure this is a corner case or something like that yeah. but you know I, yeah. I certainly got a kick out of it yeah it's got to be a mistake of some kind the algorithm anthropomorphizes electronic creatures you're thinking that they're for real crazy i bet you i bet you that's what it is i i bet you it, it's just they have a system that tries to find animal cruelty and because of the shape of the robots and you know this and that the, maybe their movements or what have you it actually just misclassified them yeah which you know hey kudos for them for like putting in it's the trying. effort to try and yeah. yeah totally just kind of you know sometimes you get a funny byproduct of that and i think that's what we have here great well we do have to go to our first break, folks. When we come back, it is time for the good, the bad, and the marketing. So see you on the other side. Hey, Rick and Rick Nation, don't forget to check out our website at rickandrick.com. It's double the Rick in just one click at rickandrick.com. All right, we are back. Rick and Rick rule the world. This is Rick Matheson with Rick Wooten. It is time for the good, the bad, and the marketing. And uh, Rick, I had kind of been expecting something like this, and I'm so glad that AdAge did it. They did a story the other day about what really went on at the Taco Bell Hotel. This was uh, one of those experiential things that Taco Bell had put together. They took over the V Palm Springs and reservations to this sort of branded hotel sold out in two minutes. Now, it was only for four days. It was in Palm Springs and it's August, so it's 110 degrees. So, you know, uh, I can see why the V might say, yeah, sure, you guys can, uh, you know, do a takeover and do your branded thing here. But this reporter, Jessica Wall, she gives us a lowdown on what it was all about. And this kind of cracked me up. She says, she writes, um, I wasn't there for a bachelorette party or walking in with a case of white claw or wearing a hot sauce packet tank top that showed off a pregnant belly or celebrating a fifth wedding anniversary. I wasn't getting engaged at the Bell, a Taco Bell hotel and resort. And yes, all of those things and more happened throughout the weekend. So oh, wow. super fans from all over. I don't know how many rooms the place was, but it obviously was sold out and it was like a geek fest for Taco Bell freaks. Awesome. And as I had hoped, Rick, they did serve free Bob Blast. And then she says of the fans and guests, there was one guest wearing a yellow shirt with a retro Taco Bell logo on it. He took his fandom to a new level a year ago when he started making one minute videos singing about the items on but Taco Bell receipts that people DM'd him on Instagram. She said that there, you know, the dong, the sound, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. That sort of audio branding that Taco Bell does. Well, if you heard that, then it was sort of this Pavlova signal that complimentary foods and beverages are on their way to the pool area. But anyway, awesome. I'm glad everyone had a good time. So I think this could have been fun. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind trying it out and just, you know, because, you know, you know, they uh, pro 
probably went the extra mile and you know made it as nice as possible oh, yeah. just for the anyways i i would i would have done it i think it would have been fun i i don't think i would have gone as far as shaving the taco bell symbol on the back of my head like one person did <laughs> yes. but outside of that I, I i think it would have been a blast to go to next up you sent over this thing about this five ton epic holosphere i want one of these in my rick cave so tell us about this holosphere so uh there's this uh this artist eric prides and uh he's been working on this uh basically light shows slash you know concert dj kind of thing and and he i guess it took him like two years he spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars and it is absolutely amazing and in fact you know you and i talk about vr ar all the time and <clears throat> what we're really talking about is you know the ability to experience things in a, in a 3d kind of format uh and and unfortunately right now you have to you know largely do that with you know some sort of a headset or whatever like but you know, he built this, this, you know, ginormous screen. I mean, it's, it's bigger than an airplane is what, how they described it, that, uh, and, and this is all in Tomorrowland at, at Disney. And um, he, and, and so like the whole thing is almost like that projection 3D mapping is going on right there in front of you. And the jewel, the, the crown jewel of this whole thing is this 15, it was a 15 ton sphere. I think yeah. that's what, no, it's, it's a five ton, five ton sphere. Yeah. So it's a five ton holosphere that has LEDs all the way around it. And so it, it basically becomes a three-dimensional uh, you know, a, a screen and, you know, the things move around it and it's actually transparent. So, you know, when all the lights aren't on, you can actually see through it to what's on the backside. But then if, you know, when everything is lit up and they're doing video on it, then you can't see through. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think he, he's, it, you're only going to be able to see the performance a handful of times. I think I read somewhere five, but maybe less. Uh, and but it's 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 probably one of the most impressive things you've ever seen. Did you get did you get a chance to watch the video? I did. It really was spectacular. And I think either it was in the video or I read it that he's actually performing inside that holosphere. He's oh, inside of right, it. Right. Right. So yeah, I, that, I think this is really really. When it first started the video, I was like, okay, that's nice. But no, it is spectacular. Yeah. And so they had they have this. Uh, you know, by the numbers section in this article. This article, by the way, is from the Verve, uh, the Verge. Um, and so the 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 holosphere is eight meters wide. There's 72 panels. There's 2.4 million LEDs. There's 223 different lengths of LED strips. You know, 300 square meters of LED panels. There's 17,800 LED strips. Um, anyways, it just goes on and on. Five tons, 150 individual laser diodes, because this thing is filled with lasers as well, and uh, 500, uh, or, yeah, 545 uh, lighting fixtures, all oh, this in this this orb. It is absolutely fantastic. Awesome. Now I do officially take it back. I don't want one of these in the Rick Cave, just because I don't want the electric bill from this thing. <laughs> Okay, well, we have to go to our second break, folks. When we come back, it is time for loaded questions. So stay tuned. All right, we are back. And you know what, Rick? It is time for our second annual Loaded Questions Summer Box Office Edition. Though the season seems to stretch back to March, I guess, this year, it technically runs between Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. And just like last year, we're recording this episode heading into that final weekend of summer. Rick Wooten, are you ready for some Loaded Questions? 
I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Question one. Which of the following did not make the list of the top 10 movies of summer 2019? A, Dark Phoenix. B, Disney's The Lion King. C, Spider-Man Far From Home. Or D, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Which of these is not in the top 10 movies of summer 2019? I'm going to go with The Lion King. Oh, you were so close. So according to Box Office Mojo, Fox's X-Men sequel, Dark Phoenix, falls short mm-hmm. of the top 10. It ranked number 15 in at least domestic grosses for the summer 2019 movie-going season. Question two. Out of the top 100 summer movies this year, which of the following ranked dead last at number 100? A, Sword of Trust. B, The Dead Don't Die. C, Between Me and My Mind, or D, Kinky Boots, the musical? Which of these was dead last in the top 100 movies of summer 2019? I have no idea, so let's go with Kinky Boots. Oh, no. The answer is A. According to Box Office Mojo, Sword of Trust from IFC Films, I guess that's Independent Film Channel, it made $245,347. That's the domestic box office. All right, question number three. Which of the following movies of summer 2019 rates the best score? on Rotten Tomatoes. A, Kinky Boots the Musical. (laughs) B, Men in Black International. C, Angry Birds. D, The Dead Don't Die. Or E, What We Left Behind. Looking back at Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Which of these got the highest score, the best score? on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, let's go with Star Trek. Let's go with What We Left Behind. You are correct. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, the answer is What We Left Behind. Looking back at Star Trek Deep Space Nine, it's a documentary that celebrates, the, I guess, the 25th anniversary of the self-proclaimed black sheep of the Star Trek spinoff series. I didn't know that part. But get this, it has a 100% fresh rating. Wow. Now here's a bonus question. Looking back at our summer wrap-up show in season one, so one year ago, on Rick and Rick Rule the World, a certain August release called The Meg did well enough to hit number nine for the whole summer. Question, which summer 2019 movie seems to have been trying to capitalize on that same dynamic? A, (laughs) Kinky Boots the Musical. (laughs) B, Angel Has Fallen. C, 47 Meters Down. D, The Dead Don't Die. Or E, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I'm going to guess 47 Meters Down. You are correct. So 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. Rotten Tomatoes describes the movie as thus. 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, follows the diving adventures of four teenage girls exploring a (laughs) submerged Mayan city. Once inside, their rush of excitement turns into a jolt of terror as they discover the sunken ruins are a a hunting ground for deadly great white sharks. With their air supply steadily dwindling, the friends must navigate the underwater labyrinth of claustrophobic caves and eerie tunnels in search of a way out of their watery hell. Sylvester Stallone's daughter is in this. It is getting a 50% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. But I saw a couple scenes from this and it does look pretty cool. If I got a chance to see it before it's gone, yeah, I don't know. It looks like a fun movie. Right on. I'll check it out. All right. Well, look at the time here, folks. we got to be like jelly and jam. Thank you, Rick Wooten. And thank you all for tuning in. Check us out at rickandrick.com where you get double the Rick with just one click. And be sure to join us next time for the one show where everybody knows your name. That's not right. Where everybody's name is Rick and everybody rules the world. Thanks so much, everyone. <laughs>